page 89, if you've got a Schofield reference Bible, amen, Schofield, King James Bible, rather. Exodus chapter number 16. Exodus chapter 16. I do not have any notes for tonight. Again, next week we'll get right back on our series, Lord's Willing. But you know, if it's all right with you, I always want to be obedient to what the Lord would have us to do. Amen. And I trust you're all right with that. Amen. Exodus chapter 16 and verse number 1. They took their journey from Elam and all the congregation of the children of Israel came into the wilderness of sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the fifteenth day of the second month after their departing out of the land of Egypt, and the whole congregation of the children of Israel murmured against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. I want you to listen to what they said. And the children of Israel said to them, Would to God we died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. When we sat by the flesh pots, when we did eat bread to the full, for you brought us forth into this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. My God, man, you brought us all out here to kill us. I want to preach tonight on why I just can't back up or why I can't go back. Amen. Boy, I I tell you, if the Lord will help you as much as He helped me this morning, then you'll leave getting some help. What What a sad place to be after seeing all that God has done, to be in a place of this, murmuring, complaining, griping, would to God we just died where we was at. And He brought us out like here to, He's going to starve us all to death. Oh my goodness, what a crowd, what a crowd. Let's pray one more time. Michael Tomlin, you listen to the throne of grace. Amen, amen. Amen. My, what a good-looking crowd tonight on a Wednesday night. School, first week of school. Praise God, this is great. Amen. Amen. The whole congregation of Israel began to complain. They had been away from Egypt for only a month. As a matter of fact, the word, if you, any time in the Bible, you see the word Egypt. And I, I hope we got all of our cell phones up and all that good stuff, unless your Bible happens to be on your cell phone. Amen. And Egypt's a type of this world. Anywhere you find the word Egypt, it's always the top of this world. Children of Israel had been in Egypt for a, for, for a good while. And there arose a king that knew not Joseph. By the way, we got a king that don't know our Joseph. Joseph had been the top of the Lord. And they rose up and he said, you know, men, we, 
These crowds are going to grow and get bigger and boy, they're going to multiply and we're going to have to do something. So they put them under taskmasters and put them under bondage. And uh, I I got a message I'm going to preach on that when God invades your comfort zone. So we'll not go on the call of Moses, but all of us, here he he is and God has come along and, and moved them out and now they have crossed the Red Sea and now they're here, they're in their journey. And they're just a month out in the journey. It's amazing. But all of a sudden, they accuse Moses and Aaron of deliberately leading them into the wilderness to kill them. And they said, we we wished that the Lord had just killed them in Egypt. At least we would died on a full stomach, we wouldn't have died from starvation. That's what they were saying. And uh, don't miss this. Little did they know that these Israelites would one day get the request for an entire generation would die in the wilderness and never get to the promised land. I love the boldness of, of Moses. Moses and Aaron said to the children of Israel in the evening, then you shall know that the Lord hath brought you out of the land of Egypt. In the morning, then you shall see the glory of the Lord, for that he heareth your murmurings against the Lord. And what are we that you murmur against us? Moses, I love his bonus. He said, why are you blaming me when the Lord brought you out? And uh, Moses said, For he heareth your murmurings against the Lord, and what are we that you murmur against us? And Moses said, Then shall be when the Lord shall give you in the evening flesh to eat, and in the morning bread to the full. For the Lord heareth your murmurings which you murmur against him. And what are we? Your murmurings are not against us, but against the Lord. Wow. Boy, there's a lot I've done to say that. Truth was, they couldn't go back. Truth was, God would never let them go back to Egypt. Truth was, He would not make them go forward either. But He wouldn't allowed them to go back to Egypt either. Truth was, they either had to go forward, or he would put them to wandering around and around and around for 40 years, wasting the precious gift of life and never having the promise, never having the promise and so to this morning, what, what's intrigued me is this. Why couldn't they go back? I know that they couldn't, but why couldn't they go back? Why couldn't I get aggravated with this thing and give me a job and Go back into the secular world. Why couldn't I just, you know, 
throw in the towel and just give up on God. And oh, I can give, I, I can find 10,000 reasons why I should, could. I promise you that. Ain't that right, Jonah? He's a smiling rest of you, ain't but he is. Hallelujah. I'm going to watch him all night. And the truth is, I, I no, no doubt, why, why can't I do that? I mean, after all, you know, I um, still got a, a mind and good strong back and maybe a little older but wiser, hopefully. But why can't I go back or back up? Why you can't back up? Let me give you some reasons. Lord, let me see here early this morning. First of all, I can't go back because the people there are not the same. A division happened between the people of God and the people of Egypt top of this world. For a long, for a while, they were satisfied. They were comfortable. I mean, they, they had it made that good piece of land. Everything was good. They, they prospered. There was no problems. And, and they had none. But something happened that brought a great division. And what happened was this. In Exodus chapter 12 and verse 3, speaking to the congregation of Israel, saying, In the tenth day of this month, they shall take of them every man a lamb, according to the house of their fathers, a lamb for an house. Verse 6, And ye shall keep it until the fourteenth day of the same month. And the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel shall kill it in the evening. And they shall take the blood and strike it on the two sides of the post, on the upper door post of the house, wherein they shall eat it. For I will pass through the land of Egypt this night and will smite all the firstborn in the land of Egypt, both men and beast. Against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. And the blood shall be to you for a token upon the house where you are. And when I see the blood, I will pass over you. And the plague shall not be upon you to destroy you when I smite the land of Egypt. Something happened. The blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of a lamb had been applied to their life. And it brought about a separation. It brought about a division. And the truth of the matter is, the crowd that left out because the blood had been applied could never go back. Where the blood wasn't applied, they could never fit together. There was a division there that could never be remedied. I'll be honest with you tonight. If you can go back to this sin-cursed world, if you can go back to that old life, then you need to ask yourself, has the blood been applied? Amen. Has the blood been applied? Because you see, how in the world can a blood-washed, born-again believer go back to what God brought you out of? Amen. They had been there, and they were comfortable to one day the blood 
was applied. And the blood brought a division. Hey, are you saved? Young people, are you listening? Are you saved? Do you know Christ? Has the blood been applied to your life? Because until the blood has been applied, there's no difference. And you know why they couldn't go back? Because they had come under the blood. They had come through the blood. And when you come through the blood, you just ain't the same person no more. Someone said, man, when I get saved, I, you, you know, if you're a drunk and God saves you, you can go get drunk again, but you can't like it. Amen? You, you, you know, when you're, when you're a whore hopping around, when you're, when you're living in sin, you know, you, when you get saved, you can go do that, but there ain't no joy in it. Because you've come through the blood, there's no way you can get any joy in it. None whatsoever. Bible says, and almost all things are by the Lord purged with blood. Without shedding the blood is no remission. 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. I'm going to ask you a question. Are you a new creature? I, I said, are you a new creature? Are you a new creature? When you come through the blood, when you come through the blood, you're not the same. That it forever separated that crowd. I, I, I'm, I know people love this world, and there's a whole congregation here, and they're complaining, why can't we go back? Why can't we go back? Because you come through the blood. Not only do you come through the blood, but you've been bought with the price. The blood was placed, but you've been bought with the price. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? For you're bought with the price, therefore glorify God in your body and your spirit, which are God's. Here's a whole crowd saying, we'll decide what we want to do. God said, whoa, time out. I bought you. I purchased you with my precious blood. So that means I have a right to do anything I want to do with it. And by the way, if he's the purchaser, if he's the owner, don't you reckon we ought to ask the owner what he wants us to do with it? Amen. Don't you think it would be well if we asked the owner and it, what we, where he wants it to go and what he wants it to do? Well, I want you to know, isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing? For you're bought with a price. Be not ye the servants of men. I want you to listen to me. You know why they couldn't go back? Because, praise God, the people are not the same. And by the way, if your old buddies that are lost are comfortable around you, can I ask you a question? What's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Because the people I used to know that are lost, they don't, they come around, and all I gotta do is just tell them, listen, I, I pastor son right back, oh, what are you doing, boy? Praise God, hallelujah, we gotta go. I, I, I tell you what, 
you, you really, you, you're looking at a miracle worker and you just don't even recognize him. And I've done this so many times, it's amazing. I, I can walk in a hospital room and there'll be 25 people walk in and say, my name is Jerry Steins, I pastor Solid Rock Baptist Church. I need, that, I need that room in about two seconds flat. Everybody's got to go to the bathroom. Everybody's got to have a cup of coffee. Everybody's got to go somewhere. And that poor sucker laying in bed can't get them good. They're sick. <laughs> they can't get nowhere. I mean, they're just stuck right there. And they're kind of looking like everybody else right there. What, what the, don't leave me. You know. I can't go back because the people are not the same. I want to ask you a question. How the, you young people are going to school? Is your life so shiny that they see the love of God in you? What do they see? What are people what on your job? Oh, I, I know that people may not like our stand. But I'm going to be honest with you, blood-washed, born-again believers, that, that ought to be something about us that says, you know, I don't, I don't know if I agree with all that religious stuff he's got, but I'll tell you this much, I'll tell you this much, he's real, they're real, they're real. You know why I can't go back? Because the people are not the same. Number two, I can't go back because the place... Are not the, the places are not the same. Again, God did something. And don't miss this. In Exodus chapter 11, and the Lord said to Moses, Yet I will bring one more plague upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. And afterwards, he will let you go hence. When he shall let you go, he shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. He he's going, get out of here. I've had all of the God I can handle. Speak now in the ears of the people and let every man borrow of his neighbor and of every woman of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt in the sight of Pharaoh's servants and in the sight of people. And let me tell you why I can't go back. Because great value was taken out of this world. Great value. When God gets a young man or a young woman, and they fall in love with Jesus. By the way, if you love Jesus, you have no problem loving everybody else. You may not like the ways, but you can love them. But when God gets a young man or a young woman that the world would like to prostitute their gifts and their talents for its own gain, when God gets one and says, I'm not going to sell out, God gets steal something of great value. Just like when they left Egypt, there was great value left. 
Some of the most talented people in the world are the Israelites. Some of the most talented in the world. And when Satan can get, can get one of these, he's got something of tremendous value. Just like when they left out, he stole from Egypt great value, took something of great value out of it. See, there was a man by the name of Dr. Percy Ray. Dr. Percy Ray in the, in the early 50s, he went and, and, and uh, literally auditioned for, the, for, for uh, the movie industry. And uh, they literally, in the, in the early 50s, wrote him a check for $5,000, which was unheard of. And in that time, $5,000 was an astronomical amount. And they wanted him, he was so artistic, they wanted him to do horror movies. And they said they done knew he would be wonderful. He handed the man back a check and went home and told his mom and dad. He said, I, I can't do that. Uh, I, I've got to be a preacher. I'm going to be a preacher of the gospel. And his mom and daddy said, well, you can just leave now. Hey, you can just leave. You, you fool, you turned down that money, just leave now. And he did. But he went on to be one of the greatest, most powerful preachers. See, you know why you can't go back? Because the people are not the same. The people are not the same. Especially when you've taken great value from them. It has been amazing, and, and I've, I've used this illustration many times. When, uh, uh, when, when I left Hickory Chair Company, in, in my area and the people that worked for me, and let me be clear about that because one fellow got all excited about this illustration. Let me be very clear, nothing I've done. I, I'm, I'm just a, but, but the, my people, all the people around there, we, we made that company in the 10 years I was there, about $10 million. When I told him I was surrendering for the preacher to, 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 to pastor full-time in 10 minutes, as a man standing at my desk saying, can I, I got your job, can I have the desk now? I said, no, you can't. Not till I'm done. I thought it was interesting. Miss Wendy turned into notice to, to, to follow, obey the Lord. She gave me a two-week notice, and they said, you can just go on now. You know why? Because whenever we take something from this world that it demands and wants and say, no, I'm not going to sell up to you, then those people will never look at you the same because you take great value from them. See, now, I, I know this goes against the grain with so many people, and, I, I'm, and I'm sorry, I'm not wanting to. I'll be honest with you, you're saved. God's, the gifts and the talents that God has given you, He's given for you to use for His glory. That doesn't mean we can't use them in the world. But let me say this. If we use them in the world, we've got to give God the glory for them and use them for His glory 
He's got, we got to use it for his glory so the world doesn't become more important than his glory. Are you following me? You stand with me? It's not that we can't use our abilities and talents in the world. But what we got to understand is when we go to the world and we use those talents, somewhere during the day we're going to hold up our hand and say, Thank you, Lord, for the good mind you gave me to do this. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the strength to, to, to drive a truck. Or Thank you, Lord, for giving me the ability to work and upholsters. And upholsters really need a lot of help. Amen. Pray for them. Amen. And, and we, we won't even discuss tremors at all. Amen. But no, no, you, you, ought, you ought to throw your hand up and say, and, and everything God gives you to do, you ought to stop and say, praise God, thank you for the talent and the mind to do what you've given me to do. Giving him the glory for the gifts that he's given you. And then when you have opportunity, you ought to use them for the glory of God. Great value was taken. Not only that, great vision was taken. I could see a little boy. Who's that? I plucked him out of the river. I'm going to call his name Moses. Hey, hey, Daddy, you ain't killing this one. Something about this little boy I like. And he grew. And no doubt, dignitaries would come by. And the dignitaries, Pharaoh would say, you see that little boy there? See, that's the next Pharaoh right there. His name is Moses. Other dignitaries would come by and say, You see that little boy right there? Next Pharaoh right there. I'm raising him. I'm training him. He's going to be the next Pharaoh. Let me tell you why he couldn't go back by faith. Moses, when he came to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. The world and the devil has a vision for you. There's not a, there's not a, a young person here in high school that somebody's not come up and said, Hey, man, you want to try some weed? Hey, you want to try a little crack? Hey, what... What about a little bit of meth? He'd give you a high like you've never had. They got a vision for you. Problem of it is, it's a vision to hell, amen, and destruction. It's a vision to, to addiction where you'll come to them every week and say, Give me some more. You'll do anything to get it. But God has a vision for you too. God has a vision for you. Mom and Daddy, God, Mom and Daddy, I'm talking to you now. God, help you if you destroy God's vision for your own children. There's a generation, a whole generation, where to God we can just go back. Let me tell you what God did. God said, and they said, you're going to kill us and our kids. God said, you just lied on me. And 
God said, I'll let you spend in the wilderness for 40 years, and then I'll take your kids and give them the promise. God help us to get a hold of something. God help us to wake up, quit looking this way, and look this way. If I look this way and give you, I, I, I've been here a long time, but if I look this way long and I watched your life, bless God, praise, hallelujah. I couldn't handle it. But I looked this morning this way. And you know what? I found nothing wrong with him. Not one thing. You know what? I ain't found a thing. Great vision was taken. See, the world's got a vision for you. And God has a vision for you. God's got a vision for this church. I tell you, what we going? What we going? We're going to shut it down. We'll tell you a little secret. Tell you a little secret. Are you listening? Tell you a little secret. This is God's church. It ain't about me and you. And you might just be taking on God. And you might wish you hadn't taken on God. And you might wish you just kept quiet. Done what you could for the glory of God. Because it ain't mine. And because it's his, and I'm telling you, last 25 years, there's a whole lot of them thought it'd shut her down. But you know what? On this rock, I'll build my church, not mine. That ain't me doing the talking. As God said, on this rock, I'll build my church. And the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Wow. God said, I'm going to build my church. God's helping our church and doing so many things. And I praise His holy name for that. Great vision was taken away. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they were come back about seven days. By, by faith, He forsook Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for He endured his seeing Him who's invisible. Who are you seeing? I want you to listen. You know why this crowd? Let me tell you why this crowd. Let me tell you why this crowd's all sideways. Why they're murmuring. Why they're complaining. God help you. You know why they're murmuring? Why they're complaining? They hadn't like Moses. They hadn't learned to see him who is invisible. Through faith he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood lest he destroyed the firstborn should touch him. By faith he passed through the Red Sea as a dry land when the Egyptians had said to do were drowned. By faith the walls of Jericho. Oh, I want you to know. In Exodus 14, 5, uh, 5, it was told the king of Egypt that the people fled and heart fell and his servants was turned against the people and they said, why have we done this that we have let Israel go from Serving us! Why do we let him go? 
Let's go get them. And God says, hold it, time out. That ain't going to happen. As a matter of fact, archaeologists have went into the Red Sea and to their amazement, in the very bottom of that Red Sea, they have found chariot wheels. Amen. Someone said, how did them chariot wheels get in there? Tell how them chariot wheels got in there. That crowd thought, praise God, they's going to do what? That, when, when, when are they going to let them go? And God says, oh, yes, you are. Amen. I want you to know why I can't go back. Because the people are not the same. And the places are not the same. And then last of all, I can't go back. Because the promises are not the same. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes. And behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were so afraid. And they said to Moses, Because there was no graves in Egypt, has thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? There you go again. Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Why'd you bring us out here? Preacher, why are you wanting to move the church forward? Is not this the word we did tell thee in Egypt? Say, let us alone that we may serve the Egyptians. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we die in the wilderness. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. The great battle here is one that we all fight at times. Especially when we get our eyes on this world. Are you listening? Let me tell you why we fight this battle. Same reason they're fighting it. Number one, they saw the forces. When Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. They had taken their eyes off the Lord. I don't care who you are. Old person, young person, I don't care who you are. If you get your eyes on a person you will quickly get disappointed. Very quickly. I don't care who that person is. Psalm says he remembers we're dust. You put dust and water together, what you got? Mud. Mud. <laughs> well, they, they said something about mud. Well, they're just Mud. It's just mud. When you get your eyes on people, step one, you'll miss God. If my wife was in here, she would tell you that I'm probably the most imperfect person you've ever seen. Watch has worked with me long enough to find out I'm not perfect. And we're not even going to discuss his issues. <laughs> I'll just stop and say he's not perfect either. And Matthew, hell, <laughs> what did I say? Hey, by the way, nobody, not, not by us. 
And when we start looking and start putting gauges on people and judging people and deciding, all my soul, I, I, I found something interesting. The newscasters right now, this is, this is newscasters giving factual news versus opinions and commentary. CNN gives 46% commentary, opinion, and 64% actual factual news. Fox News gives 66% commentary, opinion, and 46% factual news. NBC gives 85% opinions. 85% opinions, only 15% factual news. Here's what bothers me with us. We watch it and it becomes gospel. And we make it bigger than the Bible and bigger than God. And we get fearful. Second forces, we hear what's going on and we get fearful. And forces. Second one was fear. Listen to what the Bible says. And they were so afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. Word fear is found 400 times in the Bible. Now, there is a good fear. By the way, I think every Christian ought to have some good fear. The fear of the Lord is the beginning with knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Proverbs 22, 4, By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. You'll find between chapters 1 to chapter 22 of Proverbs, y'all read it on how many times he talks about fear. There is a destructive fear. Fear and the pit, the snare, are upon thee, O inhabitants of the earth. Isaiah 29, 30, Wherefore the Lord said, For as much as this people draw near me with their mouth, and with their lips they do honor me, but I remove their hearts far from me, and their fear toward me is taught by the precepts of men, by men to make them fearful. Romans three eighteen. There is no fear of God before their eyes. I see this everywhere we go. No fear of God. No fear of God. Romans eight fifteen. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but I received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Not only do I see the forces and the fear, but I see the formula. For the Egyptians, God said, whom you've seen today, you shall see them again no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. God's formula for everything he does is faith. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe he is. These reward of them that diligently seek him. The Bible says this. Don't you listen. Now he's talking about the same group over here. In Hebrews, here's notice their failure. Wherefore, as the Holy Ghost said today, if you will hear his voice. Have you heard him tonight? I wouldn't. 
embarrass you for nothing because I don't know that you can handle it. But if I named a couple names and had you stood up, could you tell me what I just preached on? Have you heard his voice? Harden not your hearts as in provocation in the day of the temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works for 40 years. Wherefore I was grieved with that generation. And they said they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. Take heed, brethren, lest there be any of you of an evil heart of unbelief and departed from the living God. Oh, my goodness. He went on to say, But with whom he was grieved forty years, was it not with them that sinned whose carcass fell in the wilderness? Why can't I go back? Well, I just can't go back because the people are not the same. Can't go back because the places are not the same. And can I say this? I can't go back because the promises of God are always forward, never back. God never backs you up to the promise. It's always forward. Find the promises of God. I don't know about you, but I'm just not going to turn my back on him now. I love his song. He's given me everything I have. He gave me my first breath. I'll give him my last. And I'm not going to turn my back on him now. Curse the Lord and die, she said, Joe. Curse the Lord and die. He said, no, I'm not turning my back on him now. My vows were made for good or bad. He's been the best friend I've ever had. And I'll not turn my back on him now. Now they go, all of Job's possessions. Everything that Job had precious. But Job said, bless the name of the Lord. Friends and family, houses and land. God holds, God holds, holds all things in his hands. And I'll not turn my back on him now. I don't know where you're at tonight. I needed this this morning at about 6 o'clock. Walking. I needed that message. And I said, God, I just don't think I'm just going to turn back now. And I'm not going to back up. So I'll stand to repeat.